G'day everybody, my name is Elliot Waters and you're listening to the Dysregulated Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. So this episode, I'm actually talking into my iPhone to record this one because I'm out on location. So a bit of context, where I am at the moment is a place called Stevenson Park. Now, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it that much on the show, but I used to be a pretty handy runner back in the day. And when I was a lot younger, uh, probably my mid-teens, I used to train here at Stevenson Park all the time. So the go is... You run the boundary of the park and it's about one and a half kilometers. So, and and what we would do, we would do three, four, five repeats of that, usually with a five minute break in between. And the idea is that we would run it at our tempo pace, which is about 80% of full capacity. So I'll tell you right now, I've just done three laps of uh, Stevenson Park and I was running at 110% of capacity. And look, my times today compared to when I was say 15, yeah, let's not compare them, right? Because this is, and th- this is, it's actually an interesting point because when I was running, okay, I'm going to tell you a bit about what I was thinking when I was running because I think it's it's quite important and insightful um, how my mind operates. But, you know, there were tendencies to compare myself to when I was really going good and, you know, leading the pack here um, in training. And, and what I did reasonably well was sort of block that out and, and focus on the fact that we didn't go running yesterday. We didn't go running the day before or the day before that. So we are ahead of the curve as far as what we're like at the moment, you know. You always compare yourself to you yesterday. That's sort of the goal. And that's what I sort of forced my mind to do and, and successfully as well, I might add, forced my mind to do, which was concentrate on the fact that we are actually running today when there's been so many days lately that we haven't done it. So go, Elliot, go. Um, so a bit more about the run though. So the 15 year old self part, that, that's very important. Although I was able to push the comparisons away, what was very interesting was that my old 15 year old self made itself known in my psyche. Now, this might sound a bit weird, a bit crazy, but certain psychological therapies such as internal family systems therapy, and, and I think schema therapy is another one that would be a good example. A lot of that focuses on inner child work. So where you're really tapping your inner child and, and if your inner child is wounded, say, this is a very brief explanation, but anyway, if your inner child is wounded, you as the adult can, in your mind, see the inner child and comfort the inner child, which then comforts sort of your psyche and all the, all the versions of the self, if that makes sense. So for example, my, a lot of my issues stem from self-esteem, you know, like really most the majority by far of my sort of issues stem from self-esteem problems. And these self-esteem problems have been around just about forever. So a real big key for me in therapy when I actually get the go, which is very rare at the moment, is to tap into this inner child and say, look, mate, you know, because the inner child's crying, all that sort of stuff. It's not facing you because it's anxious. So it's sitting away, or at least this is how mine uh, manifests itself in the mind. So I go over and I give it a bit of a hug and say, look, mate, we've got this, you know, trust me, we've got this. We're where, you know, we're, we're going to kick goals soon, I promise. And then you sort of heal the inner child a bit, then your current self, you know, parts of it are healed as well. So that's, it's pretty cool. That's a terrible, terrible explanation, but it is pretty cool. Um, that's for sure. But you can also see other versions of yourself. So the in, everyone's, a lot of people know about the inner child stuff, but you can also tap into different sort of other different age groups of yourself as well, if you really meditate on it properly. And there's one age that I go to a lot, which is my 16-year-old self, which is when a lot of my issues really became known, although nothing was done about it at the time. Um, but 
so you, often my 16-year-old self will pop up, especially when we're coming to like drinking and going out and trying to be cool and all that sort of childish stuff. The 16-year-old will really drive a lot of those what I call childish teenage-like behaviours that I do today, thankfully not anywhere near as much as I used to. But on today's run, I actually tapped into my 15-year-old self. So the 15-year-old self was a lot better adjusted or it appeared so on the outside than the 16-year-old self. So when I was 15, I hadn't had a girlfriend yet, you know, any of that sort of stuff. Um, people were only just starting to sort of do that properly. So, you know, it wasn't that uncommon that I hadn't, you know, sort of reached that step yet. Um, when I was 15, I was training hard, you know, I was running every day, I was swimming, you know, I was even going to the gym sometimes as a 15-year-old, um, or, or not going to the gym, but I used to lift weights at home. So, um, you know, the 15-year-old self I look at was, was very, in a sense, naive, but very pure and also, you know, a hard, diligent worker when it comes to school and when it comes to sort of, you know, athletic pursuits as well. So this was before the BPD had manifested. Don't get me wrong, the BPD would have been lurking, but what really brought out borderline personalities sort of for me was my first relationship, no question about that. And that's not shocking because BPD is so focused on interpersonal relationships and how difficult they can be for a variety of reasons. So this was before the BPD thing was sort of an issue. Yeah, I was anxious, you know, I've not had anxiety for as long as I've known, but, but the 15-year-old self was able to sort of push through that. Um, and push the anxiety aside, whereas when I started getting a bit older, it started to really consume me. Um, and, you know, this was before bipolar had manifested itself. Yeah, there were probably some obsessive thoughts with ACD, but it was nowhere near as strong as it is now, for example. And that also makes sense. As I said, the anxiety disorders, social and generalised, certainly were making themselves known. And OCD is another sort of sub-component of anxiety as a broader sort of label. So it makes sense that there'd be a bit of OCD hanging around as well because the anxiety had had well and truly kicked in. But again, we were much better able to sort of pivot away from that. And, you know, and I think a big part of that too is because we were training so hard. You know, exercising is so good for your mental health and I was doing heaps of it. So I think a lot of my issues were sort of there, but they were being pushed away by the fact that I was constantly training, you know, constantly doing all this stuff. And there wasn't maybe as much peer pressure going on at school as there was 12 months later, or at least that's how I perceived it, that's for sure. Anyway, so what does this all have to do with today? So my pure, healthy, you know, fit 15-year-old self used to run this route that I just did, Stevenson Park, every single week. And I tell you, I used to dominate too. It was, well, it wasn't so much dominating, but I was so fit and dialed in. It was, um, you know, it was, it was great. So I used to train with a group of, I don't know, these were like 10 to 15 of us. And when I first started the run here, because it's on grass, um, I remembered the sounds that used to be made when we used to all take off. It sounded like racehorses were were trotting next to us, you know, or around me. It was unbelievable to hear all the footsteps, you know, everyone was dialed in, everyone was fit, you know, we were all competing against each other, even in training, and then we would in competitions too. But like all of us were just sharp, strong and fit. And I just remember, I remember so clearly just the sound of all our feet, you know, as we, as we hit the ground and just got into it. It's, it was a great, it was a great feeling, you know, it really was. And it's hard not to get swept up in that. So today, today at 32, I remembered quite clearly when I took off for the first time, because I haven't run here in years. It has been years. When I took off, I could hear those footsteps again. I'll tell you what, it gave me, gave me a bit of an extra, bit of spring in my step, that's for sure. Got the adrenaline running and and I got very nostalgic. And a lot of the runs I did here today, so I did three laps um, with five-minute breaks in between, 
a lot of the time I was remembering and reminiscing about the days when I was 13, 14, 15, training really hard. And then on the third one, something funny happened. So I was sort of meditating, I guess, a little bit on the idea of when we were, we were around 15 years of age. And then all of a sudden it happened. It appeared. He appeared. My 15-year-old self appeared um, within my mind. And all of a sudden it was me and him and we were having a bit of a chat. That's for sure. Or at least I was conveying some sort of message. You know, it, it wasn't as clear as like we were sitting down at a table. And we were t- you know, it's more of a feeling than sort of the image. But but the feeling was was very profound, very strong. You know, this this wasn't just a some random thing that's popped into my head. Like this is some part of myself that's been crying out for attention. And me training actually gives it attention. And I think the part of me that is crying out for attention was the fifteen year old saying you know, what happened? We used to be so fit. We used to be doled in, you know, and, and, and since we turned 16, you, you know, you changed a bit. And the 15-year-old self was a bit bemused by, well, not bemused because there was no amusement involved, but it was a bit annoyed that we'd dropped the ball, so to speak. So me as the 32-year-old, I know this sounds crazy, but stick with me. Me as the 32-year-old was sort of saying, look, you know, things have been pretty hard, pretty difficult, but we're getting back on track. I'm, I'm telling you, mate, we're back. We are definitely back. And that was the message that I conveyed to my 15-year-old self who, who, because remember, this 15-year-old self is 15. So it doesn't know about what's going on when it comes to the peer pressure stuff, the girlfriend stuff, the other relationship stuff, the BPD, the OCD, yeah, whatever. Yeah, my 15-year-old self was very naive and very ignorant to these sorts of facts, not on purpose, but I didn't know what the hell was going on. So when I talk to the 15-year-old again here today, it's he still doesn't know what's going on because he's still, I am still 15. So I hope that makes sense. But the 15-year-old self made it very clear that we need to get back into training because that is what we're meant to be doing. And I felt like in this moment that I'd let down my younger self. And I still feel like that now as I'm talking now. It's been a couple of minutes since I finished the, the last lap. But um, that sort of how I felt that I'd let myself down, my younger self down that was so switched on and had all this potential, athletic potential. Yeah, and, I, and we did, haven't completely lost the ball. You know, since I was 18, I've, I've run, sorry, 15, I've run marathons and half marathons, so it's not all bad. But the fact of the matter is the Elliot today is not anywhere near as dialed in as the Elliot when I was 15. And the 15-year-old doesn't quite understand why, but it really, really wants us to get back to that sort of, that level or else... You know, the 15-year-old self is like, well, why did we train so hard? What a waste of time. So I know that sounds so weird and crazy, and I hope I hope you've been able to stick with me, but this, this is very much like inner child work, but it's inner teenage work. And that's really, you know, a lot inner child, you know, a lot of people know about inner child work and all that, and it's really good. It is, it is. But most of my trauma, you could say, no, not you could say, you say, I say, most of my trauma comes from when I was a teenager, around these 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 years. That sort of block um, is sort of where a lot of my problems today stem from, unfortunately. So, you know, it's it's important for me to tap into these teenage selves because the teenage selves are the ones that are a bit dysregulated and because of that, tend to dysregulate the 32-year-old Elliot. So we need to go back, talk to these different versions of the self and sort of explain things and, and take on board what their wishes are and the reasons why they're causing maybe some maladaptive behaviours and then do things about it and, and satisfy these different parts. 
So it's so hard to explain. I'm going to do a full episode on internal family systems therapy. I am. But the idea of the therapy or or one of the real principles is that these different parts, say me as a 15-year-old, me as a 16-year-old, those two in particular, you know, the 15-year-old's definitely doing all the right things. The 16-year-old is the one that's starting to act out and do the wrong things and, and really start to go inwards with this negativity. Um, but the 16-year-old is causing me to behave in certain ways now, not because it's just doing it for the hell of it. Internal family systems therapy tells us that all these different parts of the self are just trying to do what's best they think for the self. And it's up to you as the mature adult to meditate on this idea, go back, talk to, the, say, the 16-year-old and say, look, you can trust me. Thank you for the help you've been giving me. Thank you for the message that you've conveyed to me. I understand. Um, but you know, we've got this, just sit back, just watch what happens. The 32 year old Elliot knows what's going on. So the 16 year old, for example, is the one I'm getting way off track now, but anyway, the 16 year old self is the one that drives a lot of my drinking and, and drug taking if I do that. And you know, that sort of stuff. So to sort of explain why. So the reason is because when we were at high school, we used to get ripped off a little bit because I was a runner. So I used to take strawberry milk to parties and I used to get ripped off a little bit about that. And I was one of the last people to kiss a girl at school and, you know, blah, 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 just teenage sort of stuff going on. But unfortunately, I was a very impressionable young boy, teenager, who didn't have a, a very thick skin because I just don't think I was born that way. So a lot of those jibes, a lot of those little jabs that used to come from my friends and people who weren't my friends, but, you know, everyone around me, a sort of thing, they used to really, really hurt. Whereas someone else might have been sure of themselves and be like, ah, you know, piss off, you idiot. I wasn't sure of myself at all. In a lot of ways, I'm still not. So those sorts of, that sort of negative feedback I was getting from from other people sort of really hurt. So the idea is the 16-year-old says that, we need to party hard so we are cool and no one rips us off anymore. Okay, there's a lot more to it than that. This is a little bit of the same sort of content as I spoke about on the Rock and Roll Star episode, so I won't go too far into it. But the 15-year-old self is is not aware of any of that sort of stuff, no peer pressure. He just wants us to be fit and healthy. Look, what's going on? We had all this potential when it comes to running and we've squandered it. My 15-year-old is very, very, very disappointed because he trained really, really hard to get to where he is and I've sort of dropped the ball. So it's up to me now to, you know, and this hasn't happened before. This only happened today. I haven't really tapped into this 15-year-old self before. I didn't know these sorts of feelings existed. But I need to now show this self that, you know, we're on the right track here. And part of that is to get back to training because we know that's a huge part of what we do. It's a big part of my identity and it's so good for my mental and physical health. So there's just no two ways about it. We need to be training. We need to be training hard and we need to be doing it often and consistently. And that's what my 15-year-old self is saying. It is saying that we used to be so fit, so healthy. He really wants us to get back to that level. And the 15-year-old is going to keep jabbing me until we get there. And I don't mind that. You know, that's a bit of accountability to, towards the self, which is the current self that is. So that's a good thing. But yeah, we've got to keep these things under control. I don't want this to turn into like the 16 year old where all of a sudden these maladaptive behaviors and, you know, extreme behaviors start occurring. Like we need to keep a lid on this. So part of that is that I'm meditating nice and early. I'm going to do it tonight to my 15 year old self and saying, all right, I don't mind a bit of a push, but you got to trust me. We know what's right. Trust me. Oh, anyway, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, I've just finished running. I've got the, the endorphins are flowing and this sort of stuff popped into my head. 
um, as I was running, I was like, man, I really need to sort of put these words out there. I think, I think this is important. At least it's important for me to offload a bit of these, these heavy thoughts. Cause it was very, very profound. Like it wasn't just like, ah, oh, yeah, I should be running more. Like this was a huge, this was a very, this was a big moment where I won't remember, uh, I won't forget because yeah, the feelings were so profound. It was so raw and it was just, it popped into my head and it was all encompassing. I was like, yeah, all right. I can imagine back in the day, we, we need to sort of, I don't know, respect that a little bit and try and at least get some sort of base level of fitness going because the 15 year old is demanding it. Come on, Elliot. We used to be so fast. We used to be the fastest in the world. Get back to where we were. Let's get to some sub 40 minute 10Ks again or sub three hour marathons or, or Elliot, calm down. Let's just try and do better than we did yesterday. I think that's the key. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. I, I hope this recording comes out okay. As I said, I am on my phone at the moment in the car, but I just had to get this out there, you know. I thought it was really, or, or I do think it's really important because it shows another side of my psyche, another sort of element of what's going on inside my head um, and what's driving me, what's motivating me, and maybe some things that are also pulling me back as well. So if you guys experience anything similar, feel free to let me know. I'm not sure if you need to have done things like schema therapy or uh, internal family system therapy or inner child work. I don't actually know if you need to have done all those things to be able to tap in like I did today. I'm not sure. So if you haven't done any of those therapies, but you do get a clear image of you in the past that sort of communicates to you in some way, let me know because I'm very, very interested to know if, if if that's a common thing or if it's more a me thing or if it's more a people who do the certain therapy sort of thing. So there you go. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll see you next time here on the Dis Regulator Podcast.